Hello everyone, just a quick programming note. This episode of Me, You, Us was recorded on Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020, prior to Garrick being named President and CEO of Consumers and CMS Energy. Hello everyone, and welcome to Me, You, Us, a well-being podcast. It's another well-being Wednesday here at Consumers Energy, and I'm your host, Bill Krieger. Today, we'll be talking about personal well-being and safety with Garrick Rochow, the Executive Vice President of Operations here at Consumers Energy. So Garrick, if you'd introduce yourself, we'll get the conversation started. Yeah, well, first of all, good to see you, Bill. Uh, it's good always to see you. Here. Uh, Yeah, Garrick Rochow, I'm responsible for our operations. Often when I'm out in public, I just say I'm responsible for responsible for all the blue and white trucks that are out <laughs> in the community and, and uh, you know, our brand and all the amazing coworkers we have, we're out uh, driving the blue and whites around, but also those behind the scenes that are supporting those is, is, is really the, the heart of the operations. And, and that's what I, that's my day job. Um, and uh, at nights um, and my other part of my, my job is just uh, my family. And uh, I have two uh, two wonderful kids. I'm happily happily married, and uh, I got a 16 year old and a 13 year old daughter and a son. And so they keep me busy, and uh, uh, it was just a lot of fun uh, being that age. So, yeah, I remember those days having teenagers at home. Uh, exciting, I think, is a word I've used many times. <laughs> <laughs> it is. There's, uh, you know, uh, there's just, uh, um, yeah. Bill, we know teenagers. <laughs> it can change from minute to minute, but it's always interesting. It's always you love them to death, but uh, it's always interesting. Yeah, it's a special club that we parents of teenagers belong to at some point, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, and you know that uh, speaks to when we talk about whether it's work or at home, we talk about personal well-being. And the reason I wanted to talk to you today, really, Garrick, is that on some of the leader live calls and uh, in other places. When I hear you talk about safety, I've heard you refer to personal well-being quite a few times. And as you know, here at Consumers, we have a, a personal well-being team that takes a look at the foundations of personal well-being. But I wanted to get your take on it. What what do you see as personal well-being? Well, it's a, it's a good question. Um, and, and certainly, I love uh, you bringing back some of the safety piece of it. I'm sure we'll explore that in a minute. But um, it's a little bit like when people ask you like work-life balance, you know, often people ask me in my role, uh, how do you do work-life balance? And, and often it is um, people who are earlier in their career and are trying to figure out that right mix. And it's a hard question to ask because it's, it's what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for the other person. And I think that's a lot of the case with well-being too. You know, there's so many different forms of well-being, as you know, like whether it's social well-being, whether it's mental, emotional well-being, physical well-being, you know, financial well-being. And all of those really have to be in the right balance that works for the individual. And, uh, you know, it, it would be inappropriate and I would get it wrong for me to prescribe what perfect looks like because it's different for each one. And so I think it's finding that balance of health well-being health for the individual um, that, that, you, that people are striving for. Like I know what my, from a physical perspective, I know when I feel healthy, you know, I feel good when I'm in the right routine. I also know that um, from a financial perspective, 
you know, there's been times where there's been different financial pressures and you, you, you know, when you're in a good space financially, the same with emotional, like if there's a lot of stress in your life, like there is for a lot of people right now with this pandemic, uh, and kids in school or out of school, um, you know, there's different variables in that. And so, you know, when you're kind of in your sweet spot, but I think what's important about this whole topic is all of those play a role and you can't ignore one or you can't pretend that one doesn't exist in terms of your overall health and well-being. Well, and I like what you said about balance. I think many times when we talk about well-being, people go to that wellness part, right? Where they think it's it's physical or mental, but there's all those other things that we, you know, talk about, uh, professional, financial, and the other ones that you had mentioned is kind of a foundation. And um, when you talk about balance, if, if any one of those kind of tilts one way or the other, you, you definitely uh, you definitely feel that. Um, is there ever been a time in, in, in your life, and I'm sure there has, because I know there has in mine, where you've been out of balance and, and how did you get get back to uh, that that point where you felt that your own personal well-being was back where it needed to be? Yeah, um, I think there are experiences throughout your life, you know, where you there's almost like a self-check and, you know, when you get married or when you um, you have a significant other uh, or, you know, when you have children or, you know, different there's different phases in life where you are kind of in that self-check. I can tell you, um, you know, when my wife and I got were earlier married, we came into a marriage. Uh, we were carrying a lot of college debt. You know, when you're in your 20s and you're, you know, you, you know, you're not making a lot, a ton of money at the time. You're in, you know, early on in your careers. Um, you're taking on house debt, buying a house. Maybe you got some credit card debt. I was, you know, there was a time uh, early in my marriage. Uh, where, um, you know, from a financial perspective, there were a lot of pressures. There was a lot of debt we were carrying, and it resulted in kind of, you know, arguments. Well, how much does this cost, and why are we spending so much money on this? And and it was off. We we're, you know, and it was creating problems not just, you know, in my own my own well-being from a financial perspective, but it was creating challenges with uh, my marriage as well. And and so. Um, it was one of those times where we had to come together and say, what are we going to do about this? And, you know, working on how to reduce debt. And it was not just, not did it, it improve my financial well-being and thinking about financial financials, but it also helped my marriage. And, and so it, it really helped my stress and my well-being in a number of ways. Yeah. So it is interesting how that one part of who you are overall, right, that financial piece, can impact your mental well-being. It can impact your physical well-being and um, and and how you're getting along. It's it's good to hear, though. I think people leave out that thought of going to get financial help. Right? If I break my leg, I go see a doctor. If I um, you know if I'm not feeling altogether the way I should, I might go see a therapist. But people sometimes don't think about financial help and maybe a financial planner or a financial plan like you you went to. It's a great idea. And if you think about things that are going on now, probably a good thing for people to reach out to those uh, types of programs and people. Yeah, there's a number of, you know, there's a number of programs out there, especially now with with kids in school. I mean, I, I see it a little bit blessed with a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old because they're they're to the point where they're a bit more self-directed. I can't imagine having a you know a six and a three-year-old or you know a, a 
a 12 and a nine-year-old uh, in the mix. And so, uh, you know, I know the company's doing some things to be able to support those parents, but there's also a lot of great help out there too. Absolutely. A lot of great resources. So I want to get back to what we talked about earlier too, is personal well-being or well-being and safety. And, you know, I know personally, if there's something going on in my life at home, even as much as I want to be present in the moment here at work, it might not be possible because of what I'm worried about back home. So how do you see that overall well-being and safety intertwined? Bill, I know your history and, you know, I know you've been involved in operations and I'm sure you've seen a number of accidents and, you know, often we go and say, well, it's, you know, the individual was complacent, right? You know, they weren't thinking about work and, you know, and bad stuff happened. Um, and, and sometimes we can track events down to complacency, but that's such a negative connotation, right? Complacent, mm -hmm. because no one is there just like blank minded, right? They're not just, there's something else on their mind to your point that's you know, distracting them from work. Um, and, you know, whether it's financial stress, whether it's some type of other uh, emotional stress, um, you know, that all impacts how, how we show up at work. And that all impacts and makes a direct tie to our coworkers safety, because if you're focused on, you know, something else, then you, you can't be focused on the work and there's a, you know, a potential for, for injury. Um, you know, one of the things that struck me and particularly in this, in this pandemic, um, and particularly with the, you know, emotional and mental piece of this pandemic is that we go back to February this year, before we went to the original shutdown orders and the like, you know, I was going around the state meeting with, you know, in power plants and with line, our line personnel, gas and electric, and, you know, often would be in the IPA, we were doing the six foot distancing, but we were still showing up at work. And, and we would be talking and answering questions and responding and talking about how we were preparing for COVID. And again, at the time, we were trying to figure it out, but we were sharing with uh, with our crews and uh, you know every time we got through one of those sessions i'd always have like two or three people come up to me afterwards and say you know i'm not concerned about me but i'm concerned about my elderly parents or i'm concerned about uh, my spouse or i'm concerned about so and so who i who may have an underlying uh illness and so these, these are people across our company that deal with invisible hazards each and every day and deal with some of the, the toughest hazards out there, electric, invisible hazard, gas, invisible hazard, and they know how to deal with them. But something of a pandemic that was invisible had really, you know, touched something emotional. Um, and so to me, it was really, I was really struck by that uh, and how some of these people who can deal with some of the toughest hazards out there uh, were shaped by this pandemic. And so uh, it really impacted me during the pandemic and how I thought about one, this tie between um, emotional safety, mental safety and physical safety. In order for us to, to be successful and navigate through this pandemic, we, we couldn't be just focused on wearing a mask. That was one piece of it, the physical piece, how do we care for our coworkers? 
Absolutely. And you said something there too. You're, you're right. I spent, I, I, this, I'm going into my 27th year here at Consumers and, and the bulk of that was spent in operations, either gas or electric. And one of the things that, that I really got to understand about the people that I worked with was they are very tough. Like they're very tough people. The work that we do is not easy work. Man or woman, it doesn't matter. Very tough working out in the elements, working all hours of day and night, depending on what, what's going on. Uh, but when you sit down and talk with people, no matter how tough they are, they're still people and they still have emotions and they still think about things like their elderly parent or their child who they're trying to figure out how they're going to go to school while they're working and, and all those things. And I think absolutely you have to keep in mind that they are, they're people just like everyone else, as tough as they can be. Uh, I learned that in the military as well. You know, soldiers are, are tough people, but at the end of the day, they're people and they have needs. And I, I see us as a company really really meeting those. And as we talk about caring for our coworkers, I wanted to also ask about what about caring for ourselves so that we can care for our coworkers, right? Many times we get so wrapped up in making sure everything else is done that we forget to take care of ourselves. You said though, before answering that question on the tough Pete, because I think you're absolutely right. And I think our men and women who work across our company are very tough people. And it almost becomes a badge of honor that they're tough and they can, you know, be out there in a storm or responding to a gas leak. And they almost, I think in some cases, almost become superhuman. And to your point, they're people and, and they're humans and they have needs. And sometimes I think we let that tough exterior stop us from really thinking about them as people. And so I'm so glad you brought that up because, I mean, that's it. Uh, at the heart of it is they're people and they have needs and, and we need to care for them. In, in fact, you know, we've over the last couple of years, even prior to the pandemic, we've, we've lost people in the company due to, to suicides. And um, it's, it's so unfortunate, but I think we put on this tough exterior and, and we're all going into the workplace and, you know, everyone's tough and we're not seeing the warning signs uh, and, and helping people find a way to get help. And so, I appreciate you what you shared on that on this on this toughness. I think it it can be a real risk for us as leaders um, and as coworkers. Well, and Garrick, I wanted to say thank you for bringing up the fact that some of, we had coworkers who did commit suicide. I uh, when I uh, stepped into this role in Veterans Affairs, I was looking at uh, veteran suicide because, as you know, we lose 22 veterans a day, and that's a lot of people. Uh, but as I started looking into it, I found out as a company, we had lost some of our coworkers to suicide as well. And uh, it, it then became not just a veteran problem, which it is, but also a people problem. And, and how do we address that? And when we look at it through the lens of safety, we have to talk about it. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to break down the stigma of talking about it to get people to get that help that they need. I, I likened it to, you know, ladder safety. If If we had three of our coworkers fall off ladders and get injured or worse, um, we would be talking about it um, because it's okay to talk about falling off a ladder, but there's still that stigma behind the mental health. So thank you so much for bringing that up. And hopefully that will help people uh, understand that it, it's okay to yeah. ask for help. It's okay to reach out. Yeah. And to look for those signs and to approach your coworkers and, and, you know, help, help guide them to where the help's available. So there's a lot of great resources out there as well. So absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think that does tie into the, the, the other question that I had asked, and that is self-care, right? We, we uh, when you talk about a badge of honor, getting out there and doing the work, and uh, sometimes 
we forget to take care of ourselves as leaders. And sometimes the folks that uh, we work with, our coworkers forget to take care of themselves. So uh, how do you see that self-care um, tying into all of this? Well, I, I think it's hard for you to be a leader. It's hard for you to model the way if you're not willing to do it yourself, right? Um, and whether it's my example of go get financial help or to take care of yourself physically through uh, wellness and health and good eating and, and you know exercise, I think those are all important pieces. You know, and I also would just suggest that you know it's being you know we we use this cultural value of deliberate. Uh, the word deliberate, and I think you have to be very deliberate about this, um, whether that's establishing a, a routine for your exercise or whether that's, you know, establishing a routine for for just downtime uh, and what works for you. I will tell you one of the things that I decided earlier in my career was that I was going to be, um, that I was going to be a coach for a lot of my kids teams that I was going to be at a lot of events for my my kids and I'll tell you I can't be at every one of them but I've been very deliberate in setting that that time aside and scheduling around it so that things couldn't come up or wouldn't come up and during that during that window um, I know about me again this is uh, I think the important thing of well-being is you got to know yourself and what works for you and so what works for me may not work for everyone but I know that I love coaching uh, on the field. I know that I, you know, I've been coaching youth sports for 10 years now. And yes, I'm out there with the kids. Yes, it's work, but I find it is such a stress reliever for me to be doing something different than thinking about customer's energy. Uh, and so it's, it, you know, it helps from a mental and emotional perspective for me to be out um, with some of our youth and and coaching coaching sports and so again it's being very deliberate to set that time aside so i can get that stress relief so that when i'm back at consumers energy when i'm focused here that i can bring my best self to work well and i you know i talked to tanya berry a few weeks ago and one of the things that i've heard her say a couple of times which really resonates with me is it, it's as simple as when you get on an airplane and they're reading the the safety card and they say you got to put your mask on first if something happens because you're not any good to anybody if you're passed out in the aisle right you're not helping anyone else on the plane but you got to put your mask on and make sure you're breathing and then you can help others that's a great no i love that example that's perfect yep i've, I've heard her say it a couple of times so i'm not going to steal it from her i, I will give her credit for that <laughs> so uh, we're getting actually getting close to uh wrapping up the podcast this morning uh, but before we do, Garrick, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience uh, as we close? Uh, great question. Um, you know, I, I think it's important as leaders to look through these values um, that we have as a company, because I think when we look through that lens, I think it opens up opportunities to get beyond physical safety, which we typically talk about and think about the other dimensions. Um, you know, we've touched on during this podcast, but when we practice particularly that value of care you know you start to see the opportunity to care for people beyond just ladder safety as your example to care for them um, for their needs that exist in the workplace and beyond the workplace and i think that's that's a sweet spot for us as, as leaders to be leading leading in that way through the value through all the values but particularly this of, of care all right well thank you for that and again, Gary, it's always a pleasure talking with you. 
thanks for agreeing to come on to the program and uh, I look forward to uh, talking again soon. Yeah, I love it, Bill. Thanks for all, all your good work and for doing the podcast. And thank you to the audience for tuning in today. Be sure and listen in every Wednesday and Friday as we talk about the things that impact your personal well-being.